Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Tonight, we are going to have a great time getting into it, talking about OWNS Ready to Love, hosted by nephew Tommy from The Steve Harvey Show. So this year, or well, I guess this season, because the last one just ended last spring, this season's Ready to Love season five is in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They say Ready to Love D.C., but for those of us who are here, we know it's the whole DMV area. So tonight, you've got some of our team. You've got uh, myself and Sean coming in the studio now to get started. Sean, are you here? I'm here. Uh, I lost my headphones. Okay, we've got to give you your applause for coming in. Okay, I'm just enjoying using the sound effects. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this week's Ready to Love Season 5 is always confusing because uh, apparently it wasn't just Houston that had two seasons. I think Atlanta had two seasons as well. So that uh, that's confusing everybody. But this is Season 5, Episode 3. Because Ready to Love counts the casting as episode one. So we're all good. We're on the same page because I know I was confused. Anyway, Sean, what did you think of this week's episode overall? Do you, do you feel like we got to know any of the singles any better? I, what I got impressed, I think it's still early. We're still finding out. We still have a lot of dead wood that hasn't floated to the top. Um, I was impressed by some people, but it still seems like we have a feeling out period. People just really trying to get to know each other, trying to establish. I do think there were some people there drawing some lines and making some territories and that I didn't particularly. Oh, yeah. That's on them. They can, they can handle that. But I also um, appreciated some openness and vulnerability by by the by the gentleman in the, in, in the cast, by some gentleman in the cast. And also, um, I think the women did a good job, again, just looking beautiful on the show. I thought they did a good job. (laughs) Well, I love that. Now, I'm going to say this just for a note, just for production. When I'm talking, because you don't have your headphones on, you're going to have to mute because it ends up echoing on your microphone. You got it. Okay. So, uh, but I agree with you. I think that uh, we started to see some characters emerge, but honestly, I feel like some of the people that we saw, it really just gave us a little bit more of what we were already seeing. I think in in any show, you're just going to have some people who are going to distinguish themselves uh, from the pack for a while until they start to dwindle down. And then you'll get to know some of the people that you didn't get to know before if they're still there. Like I think um, last week, Moomin sort of blended into the group. Not that she doesn't have a, a personality or anything. She seems like she's a nice woman, but I think she kind of blended into the group. And and part of that for me is because I think Moomin and Camille 
look so much alike that with Camille just coming on so strong in that first episode, it, it you know, you had this other woman there who kind of looked like her. It just seemed like Camille was all over the place. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I I just thought they looked kind of like. Moment she did kind of establish herself uh, in the this episode, like she showed a little bit more who she was. Camille was just the same. Um, was the same. Um, I just didn't. I, I don't. I'm not really. Something about her is just kind of like itching. Even her, I just find her to be very flighty. Like she's not somebody who I think is going to give you much substance in the end. I didn't like the fact that she talked about she was the black widow and left three men at the at the altar or whatever the case may be. Everything about her stares that I'm here, you're here to entertain me and I can leave at any one time. That doesn't sound to me like anybody who's that stability. And also seems like she wants all eyes on her. So, you know, okay, she's an attractive woman, nice physique. I know and all that other type of stuff, but some things about her seem somewhat petty, will turn out to be, I think, petty and overly competitive. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that she is making, it, she's making an issue out of herself where she just really doesn't have to. So let's get into this week's episode. So this week we have... Um, uh, we have the where they really want people to start pairing up. So they start with the mixer. That's a word I couldn't think of. <laughs> they start with the mixer, which I think is great. That was similar to what they did last season. And for those of you who uh, are new listeners to our podcast, this is only a second season for me for Ready to Love. But uh, I like the mixer concept as opposed to them just throwing people together because how else are they going to do it? The first night, you're too nervous. You're feeling everybody out. If you've never been on camera before, that's kind of weird. So I like that they that they do the mixer um, so that they could kind of pair up a little bit. I was not feeling the fact that Tasia took that as an opportunity to confront the guys. I thought they were polite to her. And, and maybe this is where being on camera is a good thing because nobody wants to come off as a jerk. Um, but uh, so I appreciate that the fellas were polite to her because I just thought that that was, wasn't a good move. And if you're a guy who was interested in her and you were a part of that group that she confronted, you might have been turned off, but I could be wrong. You're my resident expert because you're the you're the guy. What do you think? Sean? Oh, you know what? I think I did that. Okay, there you go. You're talking about who in particular? Which one was that? We're talking about Tasia when she confronted the guys. I felt like that could be a turnoff if there were any guys in that group who liked her. What do you think? You mean when she walked in? Yeah. In the, oh, she looked hot in that pink outfit. And I think she did the design because she knew she had to do that because even though she got four numbers, she was still finished in the bottom of the, of the pack. I mean, she was still in jeopardy of going home. So when she walked in there early, she needed to kind of like establish herself that she's somebody that you just looking at me was going to make you want, you're going to want to want me. 
where I think she did in the wrong was when she kind of asked about that to the guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't like that. That seemed like a move of desperation and being thirsty. But also, you know, keep in mind, we're in the Northeast. That's D.C. She's from Chicago. So sometimes they're a little bit more familiar with one another and saying those types of things. I've seen people, you know, be a little bit more direct. But to me, it just seems to me like, you know, if a guy did that, he'd come off as being shameful and, and, and thirsty and, and, and desperate. You know, her doing that, you know, um, I guess she thought it wouldn't. But it just said a sign of immaturity. But I will give her this. She looked hot coming into that thing with that hot, with that pink dress. That was hot. She looked. Well, I mean, did, we knew that she was hot from the beginning. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. And she, she's she got a body and she knows how to use it. I wouldn't say gorgeous, but she definitely looked good. <laughs> okay so let's get into the first grouping off because we know at the mixer everybody is just kind of pairing oh wait a minute before we get there at the mixer our boy Corey, who i have decided now a lot of people have come up with their own versions of who he is and what he looks like it for me, he is. It, there's two groups of characters, and if you are someone like you and I, because we're in the same age group, if you grew up watching '90s TV, maybe even some late '80s TV, then it's, and especially for the girls, this is going to make more sense to you. He he looks like Bud, Rudy's boyfriend from the Cosby Show, also known as Kenny, but he acts like goofy ass Roger that wouldn't leave Tia and Tamara alone on sister sister. He also is another person that he reminds me of is he's Steve Urkel, but he's trying to be Stefan Urkel. None of these things are working out for him. I have to agree with you on that, but I think as we talk, he has some redeeming characteristics about it. Some people kind of sleep on those types of guys, but I have to agree with all those descriptions. <laughs> I think also, it, uh, well, you know what? We're going to get to Corey because uh, Corey made some moves, good and bad. But when you and I were doing show prep, I think compared to a lot of people who are just outright like, I don't care what they try to do to fix Corey, I want him you know, kicking rocks. You and I are are not of that school of thought when it comes to Corey. Um, and, and we're going to get into a little bit of that later. But I bring him up at least briefly right now because he did get his butt handed to him a little bit at the mixer because once again, I don't know why he tried it again. Maybe she just she has a look that he's interested in, although then again, he seems to be interested in everybody. So I don't even know if I could say that, right? I was getting ready to say Corey is Sabrina's type, but everybody is Corey's type. I mean, Sabrina is Corey's type, but then again, everybody is Corey's type, Mr. 100 Dates. But it's like, it's like go ahead. Say, it's like what you say when you're talking about a guy, oh, he likes everybody, everybody likes him. And they don't realize that it's not really a compliment. It's actually a criticism. And um, Sabrina, she read him. She just read him. And I think she just read him for, for who 
she was, uh, her feelings towards him. I think in some ways she may have been a, a tad bit harsh, but the truth of the matter is she was just being honest with him, and he has to be man enough to sit there and say, all right, let me move on from this. I'm okay. I mean, she was a little drama. She had a little drama to go with it, but I had to agree with her. Dude, you're not really scoring any points, so why you even keep trying on this one? Well, exactly. And I think that even though compared to some of the other men, he is slightly closer to Sabrina's age in that he is 40. Um, I'll hand it to him. In addition to the fact that he doesn't act anywhere near 40, he doesn't look anywhere near 40. I mean, he definitely, he may not fall into the category of sisters looking at him or at least some of us saying oh he is fine but as it relates to him taking good care of himself and it shows because that dude barely looks 30 i gotta give him that bruh looks good in terms of clearly living a healthy lifestyle but i i digress at any rate in age, he's probably closer closer to Sabrina than some of the guys in that he is 40 and she is 45. But she is a 45 who is who acts like, you know, I am a 45-year-old grown woman, whereas he is a 40 that acts like 30 and only been on two dates instead of a hundred. So they are way far apart in terms of him dating her. Um, and that's no shade to either of them, really. It's just that despite their ages, they are miles apart. So he did end up doing something, uh, and I think, I swear it was divine intervention, right? Where uh, mom... Mammon, uh, gosh, I got to find something that tells me how to say her name correctly. But she comes out and she realizes she has a flat and he helps her with that. Let's get, let's get through it. He was a direct, let's go directly to it. He was a Prince Charming in that regard. He did what most gentlemen, most real gentlemen would do. Um, I, I can't say enough about that because I've done the same thing. And I wasn't out to try to, to chase women and, and, and get some action. He did what most gentlemen, real men would do when they see a damsel in distress. Let's help her out. But, and what he smartly did was he turned it into an opportunity to get an opportunity to show who he really was to everybody. To everybody. And then I followed up with the date and they go with the nature walk and all that other type of stuff. It, I think it, it was a good opportunity for him, and he capitalized on it. And she says she kind of likes the guy now. Yeah, I and I think that's cool. And I'm going to give Corey credit. While he capitalized on it by asking her for the date, I, I, I kind of think he's a nice guy. He's just a goofball. I think he would have done it anyway. I, I'll give him that. I'll give him that credit. You're, you're a goofball and you're corny is somebody else's Prince Charming. And sometimes the people who have eclectic sense of humor or just sometimes they're, they're really cool people. You just kind of got to figure them out or allow them to figure themselves out. And Corey seems like he's one of those, one of those types of guys where he's like, Hey, look, I'm goofy. I am what it is, but this is what I, this is what I do. And I like the fact that he says, this is my environment. This is where I get off providing service. 
that's you know I, that's the new terminology love language i don't know what the fuck that came from but uh <laughs> a book i'm gonna I'm gonna give you the darn book is that a book i didn't know that. everybody keeps saying well you remember the first first season everybody kept saying they're on this journey i'm like well, where the fuck are you going you're going out on dates <laughs> <laughs> countries in 80 days what was that that book around the around world, the world. I'm like, well, what the hell are you? everybody's going on this journey and now it's love languages i said what i need google translating this shit everybody's got everybody's got like five different languages i like um can i can i get something here what? Everybody was having technical difficulties. <laughs> I was laughing at Sean and hit the button by accident. Um, but anywho, there are seven. Uh, is it seven? It's seven or five. I actually have the book. And this it's not new. This has been around for a bit, I think. Well, yeah, it's been around for a bit. And it is based on a book. I can't, Is it five? How many love languages? Uh... Yes, it's five. I'm sorry. So it's five love languages. And I think what ended up happening is that someone, and by the way, just in case anybody wants to know, it's by Gary Chapman. And like I said, it's been around for a while. I mean, literally this book was originally published in 1992. So I'm not going to say where you and I were in 1992, because that'll give away too much about ourselves. But, <laughs> um, but at any rate, it is essentially you start out by taking a quiz and the quiz is based well it, it explains the love languages but to determine what your love languages are you essentially take a quiz that um asks you a series of questions and then based on the way that you score it helps you to determine what your love language is. So what I suspect happened when these people were about to do this particular season, especially given that this was around, this has been around since 1992, is that as part of their screening process, the producers must have given them a quiz and it, which of course then made it a part of their talking points and now everybody thinks that that's something that they need to constantly bring up. It's, and, and I get it, especially for the men, because for the men, they're probably like, oh, well, if this is this the type of stuff that women talk about? I guess I need to talk about it. And so I understand it's, it's a way of trying to bridge a gap. But for those who are watching the show and, and you at least want to know what they all are since you keep hearing different ones here and there. Five love languages are words of affirmation. So you you like to be reassured and, or you like to, you know, it's af affirmation. Acts of service. So of course, Corey did an act of service to, uh, for, um, uh, Corey did an act of service for uh, Maman, and it's usually what that person likes to receive that is your love language. But apparently he likes to do them as well. Receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So those are the five love languages. Okay, so 
Next, the dates start. So you have two main dates in the first part of the episode, um, which is you had a group date and a one-on-one date. The one-on-one date is an obvious one. And, you know, it was kind of cool to see, which is Corey and Mammon. And then the other one, Sean, was... Aisha and Carrington. But I want to say this. Aisha really looked good when she walked into that mixer bar when Tasia was there before. She looked hot to death. I was like, wow. She took the room away. But oh, that, her, that shirt with the open back? She did that. She did. She walked in there and she said, Bronx all day. I'm like, yeah, baby, Bronx all day. She walked in there. She definitely had, had she definitely had my attention when she said that. Well, and also she wasn't like naked or whatever. It was just a bomb outfit and it fit her sharp. I mean, it, it was just everything about it was the bomb. Um, yeah, it, it, she was. She just did that right. That was grown woman stuff right there. I, I was like, where you get that shirt from, girl? Because I want one. She, she did that. Um, but no, I'm talking about the other group date because she was, her and Carrington were a little bit later in that early part of the show. There was the group date with, okay. So we had the group date, the group date with Courtney, Cornelius, Camille, Courtney, Cornelius, Camille and Walter, right? Yeah. The one where Walter pretty much was like, well, damn, what am I chopped liver sitting here? I mean, yeah, it seemed like it, I, 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 that date, I, I, that date didn't put Camille in a very positive light. She no. immediately, she said when she came out, I wanted to come in and see her together so she can unceremoniously, for lack of a better term, but to be more direct, cock block Courtney and and Cornelius. And what that says to me is that that fits into her style as someone who leaves people at the altar. She saw that this person had something that she doesn't have and she wants it. So she was going to try to cock block instead of just competing for it and just say, hey, let me be who I am. All her attention, I mean, like what she did with Walter, it was like, it was damn near borderline insulting, but Walter had so much panache and, and was able to parry it. He like, well, you know, hey, this is really not for me. This is all for you, Cornelius, or whatever. And, um, yeah, and I thought I think, he was a gentleman about it. He, I think yeah. that's just him being secure in the fact that he knows that he can pull women. So he's probably like, okay, if these two women are for me, I'm just going to sit here and chill. We on a TV show. I'm getting camera time. I'm good. It's, it's whatever. You know, I got, exactly. I'm, I'm getting a nice meal out of the situation. Some good conversation. I mean, he seemed to be having a good time and I thought he was a good sport about it because he was, he knew. I mean, it became clear to us in two minutes that he was just pretty much a prop. Yeah, he was just a prop. He was just a fodder, but for Camille's game. I liked how Courtney, even though I'm not particularly overly fond of Courtney's style and demeanor, but each person to their own, mm-hmm. I think she she parried it very well and put Camille a little bit off base or, or off oh, balance. She, she definitely yeah. threw Camille off balance because I think Camille expected to intimidate her um, I can't remember how old Camille is, and I don't want to mess 42. up her. 
Okay, so, oh yeah, so she definitely thought that she was going to intimidate her. She was just like, okay, yeah, he like her, but this little girl, you know, she, I, I got this. Oh, I forgot to mute my system. She, exactly. she was mean, like, Courtney, oh, Courtney, this little Courtney. girl, I got this. I mean, yeah, he thinks she's cute, but she's she little, you know what I mean? She had that attitude. Like, I, I, I'll make sure that once we get there, I shut it down. Because you notice she came in on 100, starting with the religion. Because I, because right. I'm. Let's face it, we know that they they all make clear that they talking on the phone and everything because they're trying to get to know right. each other, right? So she probably already knew a little bit about where Corey uh, Cornelius. I'm calling him Corey. Where too many right. C's? <laughs> where Cornelius stood on the religion thing. Don't you think she kind of knew because she she went at that. It was too obvious when she went at the religion thing, when she wanted to make sure that he knew she was a righteous woman and Camille. Oh, well, look, let's look at it. Let's look at it. I think she was trying to make, turn Corey off. She didn't realize that Corey is a man just like anybody Cornelius, else. Cornelius. subject to to temptation where he was like, okay, I'm going to try to be celibate, but you know. I See, she didn't expect that. Well, you yeah, you talking about yeah, you talking about Cornelius. Uh, hello, uh, not I know you having a little technical issues. Uh, Sean, I see your thing moving as if you're talking, but I can't hear you. Can you not hear so, me? I, I have my headphones. While in we're now. working this out, I'm gonna. Um, Can you hear me now? Keep talking about the group. So at any so at any yeah. rate, the we saw yeah. that. Uh, Camille definitely tried to play Courtney with the religious thing. She brought it up. She went into the whole thing about um, she went into a whole thing. Sean, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. I apologize for that. Hold on one second. Real quick thing. I, I found my headphones. I'm going to plug Okay, great. And and actually, I think it was a it was an issue on my end was something okay. with the speakers. So, so see, audience, so, I'm not the only one that has technical difficulties. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, so yeah, I think that she thought she was going to play her um, with that whole situation. With Did you hear me when I was saying that about the religion right. thing? Yeah, you talking about Camille, right? Yeah, she thought she was going to play Courtney. Yeah, she thought she was going to play. She thought she was going to play Courtney. But here's how I looked at that situation: one, Courtney talking about she wanted to pray over a man. All right, I get it. To me, it was a little bit. Yeah, it was a little no, bit too minute. much. Co but I wait a minute. I thought that was Camille that said she wanted to pray over a man. I thought Courtney. No, was that was like... Courtney who said I want to pray. Courtney said I want to be able to pray over my man. All this other type of stuff and everything like that, and then Cornelia said, "Yeah, I, I really liked hearing that, knowing that she liked to pray over man." But the only thing Camille ever said was, "She's a minister's daughter." She didn't ever talk about her personal relationship with God. And even Walter said he's a spiritual person. I mean, uh, you know, and that he has his own relationship with God and how he talks with. But Camille just said that she's a minister's daughter. Like I'm supposed to believe that you're this godly woman. At least Courtney stepped up and said, I want to pray over man and showed some fact that showed some evidence that she has this relationship she's trying to build with God. Whether it's true or not, considering how forward she is, or you know, there's nothing wrong being forward sexually, but just how, you know, whatchamacallit it. I'm talking about just whatchamacallit, just how 
you know, open she is and communicating it, then I don't, I, you know, it's, that remains yeah, to be it, seen. But, but I'm not going to doubt everybody's idea. Faith. Well, exactly. Because, I mean, it, there is someone's faith versus someone using that to uh, lock themselves into a box sexually. And I think you hit on a key point when you said that when she brought that up, that they went deeper into it, whether it was Walter saying he was spiritual or Courtney saying, I want to pray over a man, but I still want the D, you know, and, but see, I think, and this is where I, uh, why I said Camille played herself, because I think the only reason Camille brought that up was because she wanted to get to the whole celibacy thing. She just yep. wanted to because she already knew from, you know, probably just the vibe and the girls talking to each other and just, you know, you can kind of feel people out from the overall vibe. So she already knew that Courtney was probably at least assuming that Courtney was probably not going to be on that page when it came to the celibacy thing. So she figured that that was going to put her one up over Courtney mm -hmm. on the celibacy thing because she probably already knew that about Cornelius because like I was talking about a little bit ago when we were having a sound thing they've been folks been talking on the phone she was she had already talked to Cornelius mm -hmm. so she probably mm -hmm. already knew how he felt about the celibacy thing so she brought that up and then played herself because not only did Courtney and them go deeper than just sex, but when they got to sex, Cornelia was Cornelius was fine with it. I mean, right. that's honestly that's what he said. He was like, "I'm I'm I'm celibate, but uh, if something go down, it go down." Well, then so you're not like, then you're not then you're not then you're not celibate. So I mean, he's celibate ish. <laughs> There's no celibate ish. You can't you can't halfway get pregnant. <laughs> well, that's you're pregnant or not, you celibate or not. Being celibate, being celibate means you're making a conscious decision to say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing this thing. I'm not doing this thing." Well, uh, you I have will, to be. A, I'll give Corey a break and say that maybe, although he did, I, I don't remember if he said till marriage, but some people's idea of celibacy, which I don't think is completely off base, is that they are just not going to have, just because they're single, doesn't mean they're going to have casual sexual relationships with whomever they date. That sex is not going to be, sex is going to be a conscious choice with someone that they have uh, decided to be in, an, in a monogamous committed relationship with. Um, and, and so I think that, that, I'm not saying that that's his definition, but if it is, I respect that as well. Cause he's he's basically saying I I'm not for the streets basically. Um, well, I rather him just say I'm more discerning and who I who I sleep with than just say I'm celibate. But if I'm fall guilt, I fall. No, if you celibate, you celibate. If a woman come up to me and say they're celibate, I'm not gonna try to convince them to break their vow of celibacy. I'm just gonna continue to be who I am. And if by any chance they found me charming enough 
and they want to give me some, they want to give me some action, I'll take it. But I'm not going to sit there and make a, a vow to sit there and say I'm going to get her to break a vow of celibacy. You're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, be a monk unless or until. And again, in to to be fair, um, to uh, with uh, Cornelius, he may have just been playing along because of the fact that Courtney like leaned over and put her hand on his leg. You know what I mean? Like he didn't want to be like, Oh my God, don't touch me. You know, I mean, because just because he jokingly said, well, if you go and do that, you know, that's I, so I don't know if I, I'd say he was like, he's on some BS type thing, but anywho, mm. back to uh, bottom line is she played herself. Uh, in in a not even just that way, she was just acting a little overly whatever. I don't although overly fa- overly good. familiar, like she really knows a man, and then also it just seems like she's a gateway to petty games. Uh, I'll pass. Yeah. I'll pass. I Camille. And honestly, what she need to watch out for is that even though Walter was a good sport about it, you you never know if Walter, when the guys are having discussions, you know, they don't know these women to have no loyalty to them. They just having discussions about, so how you feeling about this one? How you feeling about that one? So what she might need to watch out for is when the guys is talking, Walter might be like, she cute and all, but she play games. I saw that firsthand because of what she did to me. Exactly. So exactly. you got to watch how you treat people. So, exactly. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, and Tommy makes that Tommy makes that a point when you're trying to trying to send people home. Be respectful. Be empathetic and sympathetic to their feelings because you may be the one that's next. And a lot of times, both men and women, we forget it. We forget that. Yeah, although I was sadly what we've seen between uh, some of the dismissals last season and already early right out the gate this season is not the people who are telling the people they not ready to love. That's the problem. It's the damn people being sent home. That's, that's got an attitude problem. Maybe they need to have that conversation with them. I mean, we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a bit, but good grief. So that mm-hmm. was just, woo. but we'll talk about that in a minute. Cause he's a piece of work. Anywho, yes. the next, the next date we have is Corey. So as as we discussed earlier, Corey turned a corner a bit um, with uh, Mammon, and as we continued to watch, he kind of turned a corner a bit, a, a little bit with uh, me and Sean as well. Why don't you, do you take it? Well, I think he did. I think he, he capitalized on it to show that this is his his wheelhouse. Him being attentive, him being service minded. Also planning a date where they could be a lot more relaxed and walk in nature. He showed he admitted and he said, "That's what I am. I'm, I'm corny. This is why I am. I'm good with that. You know what I mean." And she liked that and she appreciated that. And it was something that she hadn't done before. But then she came to realize that maybe, maybe a dude that's corny isn't a bad idea. And then I think when you looked at it, he did seem to me he did take a chance. And getting behind her on the lawn. Yeah, uh, that that was that was a little bit I was a little nervous. I, I held my breath a little bit because especially in this day and age of Me Too movements and stuff like that, you don't want to be overly presumptuous. Even when he that, got behind that, her, 
that wasn't too bad. I mean, you know, you come up behind me, get a little close, especially if I'm feeling you. It was when Absolutely. he started to make the motion that I was like, oh, Corey, slow down. Well, bro. I mean, slow down. Then, but, then, but then also you got to keep in mind that when she said he who moved to get off, she said, no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to see how this goes. So it wasn't like she wasn't. Yeah, you know, I was just. You know, and I think because Corey has made, I got to be honest too, I think because Corey has made so many mistakes right out the gate, anytime he do something, I'm like, oh, don't do too much, Corey. <laughs> it's almost like watching your little brother and your little cousin going, you know, now for people who don't like him, they don't care. But since I, I warmed to him a little bit, it was almost like I, he was, I was rooting for him. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Don't do too much. Stay right there. I was the same way. I think he <laughs> cut it off. He went the right way with it. He didn't do too much. He kept within himself being a gentleman. And I think he's going to live to die another live to die another day. Um, I, I really I, do believe that. I will tell you what I appreciated about that date. It, 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 it's not even about like their, you know, okay, do they like each other or how she feel about him? What I appreciated about that date, and I've read a lot of, you know, I always look at a lot of stuff and, and get a sense of kind of the air out there. Um, you know, people are like, oh, no wonder he went on 100 days, you know, because it's cheap. And he's like, I liked that that was a date that gave an opportunity, especially in a situation where you know that you're in an expedited situation like a dating mm -hmm. show. It gave an opportunity to do nothing but connect, not a show where you got to sit and be quiet. So how are you going to talk? Same thing with a movie, um, you know, restaurant. Yeah, you could eat and talk. OK, that's fine. But any day that gives you an opportunity to get to know one another is a good choice. Those dates, those dates that happen like that, the best way to go about are action-oriented dates. If you go, mm -hmm. you can always take somebody out to dinner, and then you have, if you can't have a character conversation or all that, you don't don't take anybody out for dinner because it's just you and them, and you're on the spotlight. Especially if you're unsure about whether you know or this. But if you use an action-oriented date, if it doesn't work out or whatever, at least you have fun doing. It. Whether you're bowling. Like, I took a chick out one time throwing axes. I saw axe throwing on uh, the first, uh, That's whatchamacallit. That's cool. I, I took a chick out. But you still got to talk. Not, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Not a chick. I took a woman out yes. on to throw axes. <laughs> but you still something. had to talk. That would have been weird if y'all just threw yeah, axes yeah, but you, talk, you, but, so. but the, Yeah, but the, yeah, you, especially you want to say the right thing because you get the wrong axe. You get, get fucked up. Um, <laughs> you just die and shit, but uh, you know, but it was it, it 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 was just you know it was just fun, you know what I mean? Whether you you going for a walk, going for a hike, shooting some hoops, you shooting some hoops, um, ice skate, ice you know ice like Rocky and Rocky and uh, Adrian, you go, yes, you go I ice skate. Action oriented dates are best because if even though if you even if you have fun, you're doing. I t I've taken women to the batting cages. Let them let's hit some baseballs. Let's go see what's happening out there. I mean, I've done I've I've done I, most of my dates are action oriented. Yoga. I was doing a yoga date for a while. 
No. Well, yoga, though, you're not supposed to talk, though, right? Aren't you supposed to be quiet? No, you're not supposed to talk, but you're sweating your ass off, you're getting tired, you know, especially if you're doing hot yoga. And afterwards, they most definitely want something to drink. Well, yeah, and that gives you an opportunity to, yeah. you know, maybe have a smoothie and conversation yeah. or something like exactly. that. But with, well, then good on Corey, because honestly, with the type of date that he did, okay, yeah, they, there was a little activity, but most of it was them actually having to sit and communicate, um, which to me is a, a good risk if you can pull it off, because it, if you ain't got no conversation, that's a disaster. I mean, exactly. like you said, you, you even going you to no, dinner. If you don't have, if you can't hold a conversation, uh, I don't. You know, you might get a good meal out of it if you choose a good place. But the date yeah, and itself, if the chem, it, and if the chemistry disaster. is off, if the chemistry is off, then all you have is a bunch of dead air in between you over in in this meal you're eating. Yeah, I and I, I didn't I've even. Yeah, and I didn't find that I didn't. Now, granted, we're not there, but I didn't. It didn't appear like they weren't uh, enjoying themselves and had conversation. And considering that Corey, uh, that she had to step up and defend Corey, that to me says that um, the date, it, although a quiet, a quieter one, was good. So, so good for him. Um, and, and of course we saw the result for that. She, um, she fought for him at, at, at the end or, or, well, I mean, she spoke up for him and of course Carrington did himself no favor. So <laughs> she, Karen, that, you know, Karen, you talking about, you talking about, you yeah, might as well move on to the day he had with Aisha. Yeah, well, let's get to, yes, Carrington and Aisha. Aisha coming in, looking good again. Uh, I, I, I'm never really a big fan of of the hair, but she brings it with, with the, the blonde face. hair? Uh, yeah, I'm just, it, I mean, it looks hold good on, against hold her hold skin. You, I just don't you like don't talking about, You don't want to talk about Shakira Richardson, fly that wig, and all of a sudden you got a problem with a woman walking in with blonde hair? Uh, I never said Shakari Richardson's wig was fly. That I am not the sister you had that conversation with. No, you didn't say. She said, "Get them endorsements for them wigs." Oh, I said that just to, just because if you want to get an endorsement, then you need to do wigs and weed. Yes, <laughs> just, well, that, that's, yeah, well, I figure you endorse something that you like. I didn't say I liked well, it. Well, <laughs> well, that's tacit approval of her wigs. Of her wig couture, is that what it is? Couture is that the thing? That was the word. No, that is me saying if you go on rocket, endorse it because somebody like it. <laughs> so, but no, I I think she's a she's a beautiful woman, and she again she looks good. The body's everything, all of that. You know, you I like you I like the New York I like the New York aspect accent and a little bit of a lisp. I like that. You know that she can talk that little. Yeah, I, I like mean, she just accent. well, she's she's got flavor. That's and and you know what? I think that's why me and you like we picked up. We're northeasterners. We picked up on that from the jumps. Uh, you know, Aisha got flavor. Aisha reminds us of people we know. I I know some Aishas. You know some Aishas. I got cousins who are Aishas. You know. So uh, yeah, she was cool. I thought that. Um, 
you know, she has that that sort of again that rough around the edges, but with a heart full of goo. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the again. I just I know I say this a lot, but is I just love somebody being on their stuff, handling business, and I like that when she talked about her um the end of her marriage she wasn't talking about it in a i didn't think that she was coming at it like this or i'm every woman kind of thing it was like these are the steps that i had to take to get my she, head she, right she, before she, i go back open, out she, there she was open about her being vulnerable about that i like that and she started crying about her kids you know i i could appreciate that because i think she she comes off with this tough exterior shell but underneath, she's gooey, and she, oh, she's yeah. really nice. Carrington, Carrington just, oh, you know, he just like he just, I don't know, he's he immature. just to me, he, he didn't play it well. He's immature. Um, okay. one, uh, I mean, there are some other issues, but right out the gate, I think part of his his whole thing is he's immature and. Uh, underlying that immaturity is him thinking that he is in a place that he is not. For you to come into a situation like this where you know that you're going to be dating, where you know that one of the things that people are going to ask you, because I'm, because again, we know that when you, on, uh, when you got picked for the show, they freaking asked you. You, you want, you, you're not ready to have a, a reasonable grown ass response to a question about past relationships. Hell, she just sat here and told you about her old marriage. And you exactly. all you can say is, well, I haven't had what did he say? He something about, oh, I haven't cheated on anybody because I haven't been in a relationship. I've had that was situations. That was, that was stupid. That was first of all, if if first and foremost whether you cheated on somebody or not, no, she's not going to believe you. We never believe you, depending on how you look and what you do. In well, especially, you never believe that. You, you never believe if a man tells you he cheated on somebody. Let me, let me finish. I was that's why I was getting ready to qualify that answer. Depending on how you look, where how you've lived your life, there is always going to be a side eye, depending on your situation. Carrington, she again, this woman is worldwide. She's 38 years old. She, if he told her anything other than yes, she was still gonna give him the side eye because he coming in there with his little tight pants on and the trim bead yeah, beard. I, I, He's I, a club promoter. He's a club promoter. He's this and that. So of course, you know, even if I don't think you cheated, I think you might have played around a little bit. Um, I'm hearing those noises. So, but my thing is, it's not even about whether or not he cheated, because let's face it, there's some questions that we ask just to kind of see how you take it and what the, how the conversation flows from me asking you that question, right? Because if you tell me no, I, I have no idea of no no way of knowing if it's true. If you tell me yes, I have no way of knowing if it's true. It's just a conversation point. But the fact that he hell, I would have rather he just said no and us believe it was a lie 
than him say some old situation shit. I said, what, what, do you, what do you think you, you're doing? A, making a rap song? Like, what is, what's this nonsense exactly. situation shit? Mofo, you have a child. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck is situation shit? And you have a child. You have a whole child. So you ain't have a relationship with that child's mother? Because actually that sounds even worse. So you just knocking chicks up? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fucking, uh, who was that the other? I don't know. The situation ship at 33 years old. Aisha played it right. I don't think he's ready I for mean, love. I mean, you yeah. might as well have just said some old dumb-ish from uh, the, 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 like everybody was talking about last year right. with August Alcina and said you had you didn't have you ain't been in no relationship. All you've had is entanglements. Mm-hmm. Sound like old mm-hmm. fool. At least in, if he said entanglement, that would have been funny. Situationship, you just sound like old clown. And I guess he thought that was cute. You sounded corny and it made you look dumb, especially when you're dealing with a woman who's been talking to you on an elevated level and who was vulnerable with you. So that just from as an audience member and as a person who you know I can identify with Aisha because I could tell from her hard shell she probably don't like for people to see her vulnerable side and but she let you see that and then you talking some old rap song nonsense still be quiet and so exactly. it doesn't even surprise me in terms of since we're talking about Carrington, uh, I hear you with the paper. <laughs> it doesn't even surprise me since we're talking about Carrington that uh, who I forget which woman it was that said it was it Carrie, so who that talked to him on the phone and said something to him about um, asked it. I don't know if she asked him about his age or what or whatever and then he oh no it was sabrina who went um mm-hmm. with the, sabrina when she said something about you know given that there's a 12 year age difference which is again a legitimate conversation when you talking about 45 and 33 now if you were mm-hmm. talking about 45 and 57 that's a different thing you on the same level yeah, but yeah, i mean like 45 and 33 the way, the way you are in the way he responded and i'm gonna world. leave i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave this because I'm ready to move on from Carrington. The way he responded to the way Sabrina later on in the episode talked about how he responded to her, that just shows me that he's kind of wrapped up in himself. That whole dangling earring shit, I don't get. Oh, my God. Everybody's talking about the dangling earring. Yeah, this is just a mess. That shows you're a child. So anyway, then we have another group date. Well, you know, it was kind of mixed in. And this group date was, okay, help me with the names. Naeem. Naeem, Dante. Naeem Bilal. Dante, the deputy superintendent. Ticia, Zadia, and Shiloh. 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 Now, Zadia and Shiloh are two of your favorites. Now, I, at least they were week one. You was, yes, you was yes, feeling yes. both I of like, them. I like, Those I, your girls I think Zadia, right there. I think, I think Zadia's smile is is oh, she's is, gorgeous. It's electric. I, I can't I can't say enough. Shiloh, I like because I like she's introspective. Maybe a little bit too much into that yoga shit, but I'm a yogi, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I like it. You know and she's I mean? beautiful I mean, as well. She's she's beautiful. I mean, she's too. a good. She's a good. She's definitely a good. She's definitely a good looking woman. She's definitely yeah. a good woman. 
And I like. Yeah, they I had like, a nice. Like, they had a nice looking table. Those those gentlemen had a. They they yeah. had a good looking table when they got the brunch. They they were the envy of the restaurant. Yeah, they 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 they, they definitely showed themselves to be entertaining looking and into having entertaining conversation. But let's get into the conversation. Oh um, yes. Uh, once again, it's driven driven by sex and 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 everyone's talking about where they had. And their love language. Well, I think they did. Didn't language. they start with with yeah, love, love language? Yeah, the love language. Yeah, the love because language. Because when Shiloh says she liked to be touched, Naeem, Mister, you know, he's so deep. When and remember the cast, especially yeah. he, he wants so deep. He got this whole checklist. Yeah, and he don't like a weave and all that. But notice when Shiloh said he liked to be, she liked to be touched. He forgot about that weave and that makeup and was and got the touching. Is that a weave she wearing? Oh yeah, well I think it's is more like crochet braids, but yeah, it's definitely okay. not her hair. Remember, I told you week one I didn't like it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, she did it. She, I like her talk style. I like her yeah. talk track. I like the she way she seems like good people. She said she seems like somebody. She actually seems like somebody I would date because I like mm-hmm. they who I are very bound, try to be bound. But also Zadia is somebody who I date because I like to talk shit, and most of the time. A lot of people who talk shit really underneath, they're really cool. They just like to talk mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? And, um, and you know but, what? I bet you you would that she's the type you uh, you would have a good time with because I bet you uh, most of the time people who are like that, even their whole family is like that. So everybody just sitting around just talking smack. You know, you go to you go over their house for a Super Bowl party and it's probably a riot. Exactly. It's like the exactly. daddy talking smack, the brother talking smack. They just a uh, family of straight clowns. So oh, exactly, and I think that's what I see with Zadi that she's she's full. I like her, you know, great great physique, but shoulder shy. I mean, all her shallow antiques. All three, nice. of them, all three of them are, are good looking women. All three of them are good looking yeah. women. But let's get to the let's get to this. The whole asking people where they strangest place to have sex. To me, that's a whole corny conversation. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. she's gonna say I had sex on a pitcher's mound. All right, so somebody bent you over and ran up deep with you on a pitcher's mound. <laughs> okay. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can't say that you. on this show. You can't say this on this show. You know what? We gonna move on next. <laughs> so, uh, well, um, Naeem in the shower. Hilarious. They all looked at him like, okay, so what made I would have been like, because you know I like to talk smack too. I would have been like, so what was so wild about that? Did you fall? I mean, yeah, that would have been interesting, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the shower, I'm like, all right, bro, you took a shower. Well, that's but you know what? If but you know, look- but you also keep in mind, keep in mind that's also a ploy because sometimes people. Say certain things that may really be more wild and spontaneous and crazy than you actually think and believe. You know, He's he may have just said that lake. because, yeah, he might be <laughs> he might be off the chart, off the chart BDSM type 
cat. You know, you never know. Well, and you you never and you never know because too because remember he Mister All Natural whatever you know you get up exactly. in in, a, in somewhere with Naeem and he put on the incense, you pull out exactly. some weed, put on, and, put on the incense, got the lavender you know, smells, and, had and y'all the up in there, yeah, had yeah, y'all the up world. in there smoke, uh, uh, taking mushrooms and going to another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I think. <laughs> I think he's not as uh to me. I don't think he's as uh you know I. But you know what? For yeah. him, remember they didn't ask because think about it. There's a difference between asking somebody, and I'm not asking. I'm just saying. <laughs> we trying to keep it. Let's say PG thirteen. Right. Um. There is a difference between asking people where the freakiest place is that they've had sex versus asking someone what is the freakiest sex you've had those are two very different questions because i know for myself and and remember i'm i'm a sex health advocate and you know all of that but mm -hmm. if you were to ask me the freakiest place or most or whatever the most outrageous place i've had sex or whatever now I've had sex in places other than a bed, but if I think of the place that would be the most "quote unquote" out of the box, I'm I'm thinking most people would probably be like, you know, people who trying to be, like beat me in the in the game would probably be like, well, that ain't nothing. Well, yeah, because you didn't ask me about what my level of overall freakiness is all you asked me about was a place that i mean that you know what i'm saying so naeem might be especially given that he's mr natural naeem actually might be you never know he might be the perfect person for shiloh because they probably be somewhere doing some tantric 12 hours yeah, yeah exactly exa exactly you, could you know that some. that that show they so, have on Netflix right now, Sex, Love, and Goop. Him and her probably on that type of what level. What the hell? What? Sex, Love, what? You ain't heard of that? Okay, we gonna have to have a whole conversation. At, okay, that's an assignment. Everybody, I'm committing to it. We are going to do a show on Sex, Love, and Goop on Netflix. You've heard it here. Uh, and Goop? Goop. Goop because Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's company. Remember, she had she's got the company where she released a candle that smells like her hoo ha. Yeah. So anyway, we we will prepare and talk about that show offline because I try to explain that. Why would I want a candle smelling like her? Stop vagina? it! Just yes. Why would I? <laughs> we why will why have. I don't know, but we will have that, that conversation that, I don't, after. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that. that Erica Badu released one and hers sold out. So did Gwyneth Paltrow's. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I don't get it. But all right, I, I don't either. Because I don't want a candle smell to me like that, that's, that's To me, that's people trying too hard to be freaky. Uh, I agree. But anyway, if it, aside from the, the vagina candle, I only use that as an example of, you know, why yeah. it's sex, love and goop. But the stuff on the show is like very, um, you know, it, it kind of harkens back because, again, me and you are old heads. It harkens back to real sex. Remember, everybody used to watch real sex yeah. on HBO back in the day so it, it kind of puts you in the mind of that remember how some of the episodes they had would just be 
freaky but then some of the episodes they had were would be like people going to those places where they learn mm. how to do like the tantric stuff and all that so so anyway sex love and goop does a lot of that type of stuff so all right so all right i got but that. again that bottom yeah bottom line is naeem being on his whole natural stuff shiloh of course doing her whole therapy all of that him and her, if him and her got together, they they'd be all on, in the woods with with leaves and incense and all that kind of stuff. That's that's what I see with them. But anyway, um, Tasia didn't seem to be as plugged in. Um, and I, I, I know she that she was, I think, talked I about think she was, yeah, she wasn't as plugged in. I think it could. I understand where she was coming from. I understand where she's coming from because it also. But I don't even like think guess. it was the sex thing. I just don't. I just didn't feel I don't like think she it. was. I don't, yeah, I don't think. I, I just don't think. I don't. I just think she's just finding herself out of place. If you if you want me to be, to be frank with you. Yeah, I think, and it couldn't, and it. I don't think it was necessarily the men per se. She's definitely attractive and all of that. I I actually kind of got felt like she was out of her depth with those two women. Because those two women actually seemed like they were on the same level. Like I could actually see them two going to brunch together, becoming friends. You know what I mean? Like they, they seem to be eye to eye. That's probably why you you those are two women that you're attracted to because they've got similar traits that you like. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, because you said yeah, talk about Zadi and Shadow. Uh huh. Yeah. So I I think I felt like her being a little out of her depth was really more so about the women than the men, and because the men were vibing so good with those two women, it just kind of left her out. Um, sure did. Yeah. And so, uh, and I I don't think that it's anything like uh, you know insecurity or whatever. I I just think it was just a bad mix. Um, I just so, think she just can't hang. But I hate I hate. Who's well, next? Well, Who we got? Uh. I think was that I think those were that was it because it was a two group dates two people. Two, it was a day. Uh, it was a day. It was a day. Zadi I had with Tyrone. I think yes. everybody said yeah. You 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 know just to me long story short. Tyrone. You know, you know Tyrone's a nice guy. He has some issues as being a veteran because he's a veteran. I'm always going to be deferential to him, but you know yeah. he admitted there's some PTSD, some things like that. I think he was a good conversationalist for Zadia. I think he likes Zadia. I, I think I Zadia. Too. I think Zadia likes him, but was, she's more in tune with with Naeem Bilal and and the deputy superintendent Dante guy. I think and she's I also, more to... I also think in the in the big picture, in terms of just living life. Zadia, uh, you know, again, she likes him. She seems to be empathetic, given the fact that, uh, like she said, with what she does for a living. Um, and I have heard that as well. So she certainly wasn't talking nonsense with what she does for a living. She deals with people with PTSD. I mean, you know as well, the exercise and, and good physical fitness is right. a cure for a lot of things. And, and, and it's definitely good for your mental health. And so she, I, I appreciated that she was able to speak to him, not just on an empathetic level, but also just as a, a fellow educated person having a, having a, a great conversation. Um, but 
because of who she is, like we were saying earlier, we like her, we would hang with her, she liked to talk smack or whatever. She is too outgoing, she's too much, she she would be right. too much of a people person for him because her her life would probably put him in too many situations that would make him terribly uncomfortable because he has social anxiety. So well, they, you know, but also, also, you know, that may be true. But if he's able to manage that, he could be very easy. Like, yo, look, hey, babe, you be in the spotlight. I could be in the background. And, uh, know, yeah, but I that mean, gets old. That that gets old because remember, for him. And this is where his other issues come into play. Remember, he also has, which is why I can't hang with him, you know, aside from being empathetic to his mental health issues, he has deep rooted insecurity issues. So that for most people, that would only work for a while. But for somebody like him, it would work even less of a time because that's that's uh, that piece of the social in uh, anxiety that would make him kind of hang back with uh, him hanging back makes him not be standing uh, arm in arm with her as her full mm. partner. So seeing her be, and, and trust me, I know intimately this situation, seeing her uh, um, and experiencing her dealing with people who are, are connect with her on the level that she's on in terms of her social interaction and conversation mm -hmm. or whatever will be a breeding ground for his insecurity. Because remember, that's the other issue he has. He's got issues that are all three of them, because earlier we were talking about two when you and I were doing the pre-show, I mean, the, right. the show prep, the, the, the two issues that he talked about on the show are already problematic enough in terms of them being uh they're not like chocolate and peanut butter. They do not go well together, which is social anxiety and his PTSD. You add insecurity, insecurity to that and is insecurity related to women. And then he's with a woman who operates on a level that he can never comprehend and work with. That's a recipe for disaster. He he needs to be with somebody who is not totally a homebody because you want somebody who helps to get him out of the basement. But mm -hmm. at the same time, they also can't be the life of the party either. It's got to be somebody mm -hmm. in between. Okay. Now, as we leave from there, because I, I, I kind of want to get to the conversation with the ladies' lounge. Where they make yes, yes. Go ahead. I, I thought there was some interesting dynamics there. I think the best thing was when Camille spoke up about Cornelius or something, <laughs> and, and and Corey said, and Carrie, wasn't that Carrie? She said, thanks, thanks, Camille. I was, I was like, hey, was it, was it, can you tell me on a woman's down. perspective what did what did she mean when she said thank you, Camille? That was a that was a sign for women to woman. Oh, what does that, that mean? Because uh, that that meant <laughs> okay. 
Uh, all right, you're good. That was literally, I'll say what it is. It's the same thing you thought it was. That was her dismissing her. That was, and I'm not, and, and do you understand, listeners? I'm not saying disrespecting her. That was her dismissing her like the child she was behaving as. Because right. in that moment, Camille was acting like a child. So Carrie, who you and I have always said was good and grown, treated her like a child. She, mm -hmm. she was, and that's what that was. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, okay, thank you. Next. <laughs> I mean, the only thing she didn't do that a lot of sisters would do in a different setting, but Camille is conscious of the fact that she was on television is roll her eyes and say to the girl next to her, you see this bitch over here? Cause that's really what she was thinking. <laughs> right, right, right. No, she, she dismissed her. Camille behaved like a child and Carrie treated her like one. And when I tell you I fell out, I fell out on that the same way that we fell out when, when Phil laughed at Corey last week. Like when Corey saw Phil play himself when, and Phil was just oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah, man, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, same, 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 same dynamic, same dynamic, same dynamic. Same dynamic. Yeah, she, I love, but wasn't that a sweet moment too? Because again, I, 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 was, I, I think Carrie played that right in the show. It was so classy. She didn't, I mean, you know, because yeah, it was, was it was classy. And that's, what I, that's what I like. I mean, it, it, it rescued her from all that whining she was coming from with Homeboy yeah. when Tyrone told her. He wasn't interested in her, and then like I think Shiloh, Shiloh thought it was, it was Shiloh thought it was a therapy. She thought it was a therapy session when she revealed that. Well, he called me next. I said, "This ain't no therapy session. You ain't in therapy. You should have just you should have said anything." And, and you you should have said, "Call her." Yeah, he said, "Well, you should I talk." I don't want to be in the middle to, of this. She, she should have said I don't said know y'all well enough for you to put me in the middle of this because at the end of the day, she don't know me and now well, I she th I, I, I think you I think I think Tyrone was being honest. I don't think he was being I don't and that but part of that is that is his awkwardness, his social awkwardness. He yes. didn't know that there was a better way to I don't think it was anything wrong with the way he felt. He just didn't know how to handle it correctly. And he was probably reaching out and say, he said, I just don't have the capacity to have interest in more than three women at a time. And and he should have told he should have told Carrie directly, and Shiloh should have said to him correct them to correct him. Well but that and, also and, gives me a flag. That gives me a flag too, that Shiloh has a potential to get into people's situations where she doesn't need yeah. to be. Well, and but I think <laughs> it, it, it what it is is it sounds like again, all of them are talking to everybody. Everybody's trying to get to know each other. And remember, Shiloh, because of what she does for a living, probably has that natural kind of thing that that uh makes it makes people feel comfortable talking to her. So yeah, I mean she again, has because I'm trying style. to be fair. She, she, so I'm trying to be fair to everybody, and I think what yeah. may have happened is that. Well, she should have. She look, 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 look. Stop! You can't, can't rationalize me. She should have just either shut up. She should have just said nothing. She shouldn't well, have yeah, brought it. And I agree. She shouldn't. She shouldn't have brought it up. He shouldn't have brought it up to her. But she shouldn't. Have, she should have just stuffed that in her back pocket, as an ace in a hole, because no one wants to hear that. And and really, in some type of even though she thought she was helping. And being she and made and the situation she made the situation worse, and Carrie didn't deserve to feel that way. You know, she didn't deserve to feel that way. I think in the next episode, those two are going to talk directly, 
and 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 that'll be the end of it. But and I I the, think what you said made uh it, it was uh hit a good point when you said that um you know Carrie uh didn't need to hear that and to piggyback really quickly on that um because we're going to wrap up in a few minutes to piggyback right. on that i think that had shiloh not said that to her carrie would probably not be interested in having the conversation with tyrone what is mm. pushing the conversation with tyrone hi bobby is the fact that Shiloh said to her what she said, because for Carrie's purposes, all she told the group, and this is because I, I saw a lot of people go, oh, she was whining, whatever, whatever. No, if you notice, all she did was the same thing everybody else did, which is tell how her week went, which is what Tommy asked her. And she said, this is what happened between me and Tyrone. It threw me off because the date was good we he he told me. Well, he you know, but yeah, I told like, her. But see, well, this, this, but this, 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 this is this is a part that a lot of women don't realize, and that it comes. A lot of times, men go out with women, and the date is good. They feel like they've gotten somewhere, something's going, they're good to go. And next thing you know, the chick ghosts them or whatever. I've been guilt. I've been. I've been. <laughs> I've had that happen to me. So well, I'm and, and I as get well. that, but, but also, but I'm she. Saying... It just seems like she. It just seemed like she can't believe that those things happen, and it happened to her. It happened. I, I, I don't. It, it, yes, you got to be a grown my, woman. You got to be able to take that. I think that y'all are giving her a bad rap when all she was doing was telling a story about what happened to her. How is what she did any different than when Sabrina? told the story about what happened between her and Carrington. He asked them how your week went. She told him how her week went. The situation only went to the left, and you said it yourself. The situation only went to the left with her getting more mad about it when Shiloh interjected and told her what Tyrone said. If Shiloh really hadn't told her what Tyrone said, she would have told her story, and that would have been the end of it. That's all I'm saying. I'm agreeing okay. with you. If Shiloh had kept her shit to herself, we wouldn't be saying that Carrie was wanting. Carrie told the story, and that was that. Okay. So, yeah. Now, we already said what went down between Carrington and Sabrina. So you combine the Karen, what went down between Karen and, Carrington and Sabrina, so then we noticed that he wasn't going to get Sabrina's vote. I don't know about him and some of the other women, but it seemed like they must not have had great interaction with him. Courtney says she's known him for five years and he's ready for love, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, Courtney, five years ago, you was 25. You know Carrington because you were a pretty girl and he was letting you in the club. That's why you know Carrington. You got into the VIP mm -hmm. lounge because you you pretty, pretty and, and got big you, hair. You knew, exactly. You let's, let's not act like you you know Carrington all that deep because if you knew Carrington that deep you wouldn't be sitting here defending him talking about he on he exactly. she didn't Carrington she let you in the club that's she what gave it a high, she gave a high spirited response exactly to, to, we can, to that. We can as we look move, at Courtney yeah. and know that why Courtney yeah. likes Carrington Corey, Cor Carrington yeah. lets Corey in the club it's, it's a, just yeah just yeah let's let it go with that and then we can move forward with this. 
because we can close out, is that Camille showed great deference and respect towards Carrington. She, she surely him, did. And he did not. And that just proved to me his immaturity. And I was like, okay. He was yeah, he was rude to her. And it's so funny because as much as Camille gets on our nerves in every other scene, in that particular scene, I almost felt like she was deferential to him because he seemed to make her uncomfortable. Like his whole aura must have been yeah, his, way his whole, off. His whole aura, like when he said this, no one could hold a conversation. You weren't having a conversation. What we were doing was doing bullet points. That's not organic. That's not showing your your depth and your breadth of knowledge. It's like when you're talking to somebody and you're able to listen to them more than you talk. And as a result, you realize you find out about them things. And then you'll find out things of interest or things that they've done that, that interest you. And, and, and that's it. I mean, that's like if you're talking to somebody, say, oh, damn, you, you've gone spelunkering. I'm like, well, what's spelunkering? I've gone caving. I like to go caving. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. He was just saying, so what do you like? What it is? What it up? What it up? Man, come on, man. You ain't you ain't asking nothing. It wasn't like you was it wasn't like you was having some deep conversation about global the global economics, the global economic warfare between the Ukraine and Russia. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> First of all, I have to give you a round of applause. For spelunkering. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I spelunker. I, I used to spelunker back in the day. So I okay. I, again. <laughs> I mean, damn. Okay. Then the other one. Okay. So now, drum roll, please. Who gets sent home, not ready to love? Carrington is anticlimactic. We know he's going home. We, uh, Corey, uh, I mean, everybody who's listening, I'm sure most of you watched the show. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Uh, Corey has, uh, uh, he met with uh, Tasia. He he was a little creepy, but Tasia knows seems to know how to treat Corey. Again, she treats him like an annoying little brother, and it's just like whatever, Corey. Uh, just be glad. I mean, she basically was like, "Dude, right. just be glad we ain't send you home." Um, and uh, it it is what it is. I hope that uh, I think I think you and I talked about this uh, when we did like a brief follow up to the show early uh, early in the week that I think what is probably going to I wouldn't be surprised, I will say, if what happens with Corey, uh, because he does make interesting TV, is that. They keep him around for another week or two. Hopefully he learns something right. as he interacts with these women because uh, he's not ready this season. Um, and uh. then maybe since they're doing DC next season, who knows? Maybe they'll bring Corey back a little and then he might be a little bit uh, more ready you know for what? another set of Let's women. Let's, you know what I'm learning? Let's just live in a moment. Corey's yeah. here for another week. Let's see where it goes. Right now. <laughs> exactly. look, for another week. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to leave. I have to go see it to my dad. Thank okay. you, everybody, for having me. I'm looking forward. <laughs> we can hope for Sharita, everybody, back. I know the show comes on at nine o'clock on own on Channel Five. So, well, yeah, I'm on look- Channel Five for you. <laughs> yes. 
I'm gonna let you take it out from here. I'm gonna take it from here, and I gotta, I gotta go, audience. But thank you for listening and letting me spout my big mouth. Okay. All right. So we're gonna say goodbye to Sean. We're gonna give him a cheer on the way out. We're gonna say goodbye to Sean and everybody again. Thank you. Thank you uh, for listening. We uh, didn't have our full crew tonight, but uh, this is a show that we enjoy watching. So we're just uh, we're gonna keep doing it because it is an interesting show. And I did mean what I said about sex, love, and goop. Um, <laughs> because it's just uh, funny. But I'm going to wrap up now because we finished Ready to Love. I'm excited about what is going to come in episode four as they continue in DC. In the meantime, if you want to stay in touch with the show, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms, specifically on Instagram and Twitter, at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J. You can also join in for daily fun and conversation on the Fashion and Drama Diaries on Facebook. And of course, you can always DM me or send me an email if you have some tea that you need me to check into, especially about Ready to Love. Since I am in the DMV, I am going to check your information first, of course. All of the links and this information can be found in the comment section for the show. In the meantime, you will always get my farewell saying to you that if you are interested in it, thinking about it, and want to talk about it, chances are I do too. So let's be honest together. Have a good night.